0: Today, Romance sends season's greetings with a new Christmas story. Especially written for the occasion by Sylvia Richards. It's titled, Richer by One Christmas. And now, from Hollywood, Romance. Romance transcribes stories of love and adventure, of comedy and crisis. Of conflict and human emotions. Today, a story of Christmas time, of Christmas present.
1: Years ago, when I was a child back in Iowa, I sang in the girls' choir at the Episcopal Church. And I remember one year, the rector gave us all necklaces small silver chains with a little round pendant on it. Inside each pendant was a tiny golden mustard seed. The rector had told us that these seeds stood for faith because christ had said that if you have faith even as small as the grain of a mustard seed you can move mountains and that's what my husband phil said about the christmas spirit that i must still have a grain of it left in me and that i just have to find it and make it grow well since i've grown up some christmases have been fairly good some bad but mostly just so so but this year well, the whole thing started off wrong. Well, it was one afternoon before Thanksgiving, no, it was after Thanksgiving, when my son Peter, not quite eleven, came bounding in from school. Hi, Mom, I'm back. I heard. What did I say about slamming that door? Oh, uh, sorry, I forgot. It came up on a midnight clear... Uh, uh excuse me, son, my ears... What brought Uh, that on anyway? Well, I know it wasn't as good as the guy that sang before. No,
2: dear, it wasn't. But we were practicing carols in school today. Already? Already?
0: It's only three and a
2: half weeks from now.
1: Christmas? Why Thanksgiving was just last Thursday,
2: dear. Look at the calendar. See? Today's December first. Gosh. Christmas sure seems to get here quicker than it used to. I used to have to wait and wait and wait.
1: It gets here too soon to suit me, if you want to know. One day you look around and there's Christmas, bearing down on you like an express train. Hey, I'm
2: hungry. Can I have some donuts? All
1: right, one. Sit down. I'll give you a glass of milk with it. Every year, I swear I'll get everything done ahead of time, but I always put things off. And, oh, to think about the shopping. Oh, I can't even stand to think about it. Well, you sound like you hate Christmas. No. No, of course I don't. But when you're grown up, dear, Christmas... Is different.
2: Different how?
1: Well, just not as much fun. It's a holiday for children, you know. It's getting presents, seeing Santa Claus, trimming the Christmas tree.
2: Mr. Miller, our social studies teacher, said there didn't used to be anything like that. Oh. He said Christmas used to be just praying and... And being thankful that Jesus was born.
1: Well, that is true. But nowadays, well, isn't it getting presents that makes it exciting for you? Well, I, I guess. But, but grown-ups get presents, too. <laughs> yes, dear, but they don't mean as much to us. And I think it's because Christmas is extra work and extra money and all those things that just shouldn't be. And, you know, little by little, I think you just lose your Christmas spirit.
2: Have you lost yours, Mom?
1: I don't know, Peter? Sometimes I think I have. I know I shouldn't have said that to Peter. It was bad enough that two years ago he had stopped believing, and now I was trying to spoil whatever illusions he had left. When I saw the puzzled look, I changed my tone and asked him what kind of present he thought his dad would like and what he wanted us to get for him. But that night, Phil brought some news home. Something I didn't even want to think about. Not just before Christmas.
3: Oh, Evelyn, I got a letter today from your sister Meg.
1: You mean Aunt Meg, way back in Iowa? Peter Hush, Mm -hmm. you mean Meg wrote to you at the office?
3: Well, she didn't know how you'd take it. She thought I might want to wait till after Christmas before I brought up the subject.
1: What subject?
3: Well, it's something I more or less expected. It's your mother. Oh. Seems she's become quite feeble and her memory's more or less shot. Meg says she just can't cope with the situation any longer.
1: Well, I send money, and so does Alex.
3: It's not just the money. Meg's away at work all day, and it isn't safe to leave your mother alone.
1: So what does she suggest?
3: Well, here, uh, here's the letter. You read what she says.
2: Hey, hey, Mom, Grandma's memory is shot. What does that
3: mean? Well, she's very old, and her mind doesn't work as well as it did.
2: Well, how old? 40? <laughs>
3: <laughs> My young, dear fellow, I'll have you know, 40 is young.
2: What? How old is 50? 60? Not 70.
1: <laughs> Why, <What>, Peter? <laughs> you know, Phil, I will not have Mother shoved off on me.
3: Well, Alex can't take her. Neither can Stan.
1: But if she came here, where would we put her?
3: Mm, the only place would be Pete's room.
1: My room for Grandma? Hush, Peter.
3: I can fix up the room off the kitchen, Pete. You know, where we got the old freezer.
2: Not that room. It's too little. Where will I keep all my stuff? You see, Phil, it isn't fair to Peter. (sighs) Sure. Why can't Grandma have the little room?
3: That'll do, Pete. Evelyn, I think it's time, and it's not fair to let him get away with being selfish.
1: It's not just the room, dear, but it's having an old person in the house. It can't be good for Peter to see who's someone who's sick and confused in their mind.
3: Uh, people get old. It's a fact of life, and it won't hurt him to know that.
1: Maybe not, dear, but anyway... It, it won't hurt
3: him to start learning how to be kind and patient. Evelyn, I should think that especially now, when Christmas is almost here... Well, that's
1: just it. To have another problem and the extra Expense?
3: Expense?
1: Well, she'd have to fly here, dear, and she couldn't stand to take the long trip on the train, and Meg sure can't afford to bring her.
3: Uh, How much would it cost? Sixty, seventy dollars? Do
1: you know that's nearly half what I've saved for Christmas?
3: Well, i tell you what. This year, why don't we just buy a tree and just a few things for Pete, and that's it. We have
1: to send cards, and there are certain people who will expect to get gifts. I refuse to take on Meg's problems now on top of everything else.
3: Uh, Well... I have to write Meg, what do I say?
1: Well, just just tell her that uh, we'll discuss the problem after Christmas and we'll let her know. It won't hurt her to wait. No, it wouldn't hurt Meg to wait. And my mother, well, at her age, you know, I doubt it wouldn't make any difference where she spent Christmas. But still, I must have had some sort of bad conscience because I felt more and more miserable as the days went by. And less and less like Christmas. I worked like a tiger. I cleaned the house. And it was just we shopping every day. The crowds, battling my way through the crowd to buy gifts. All over the city I saw lights and decorations. I heard bells ringing and singing of carols. Nothing happened. I still have no feeling. Not one tiny spark of Christmas spirit. Boy,
2: that's a neat package,
3: Mom. Ah, your mother's an artist at wrapping gifts.
1: Oh, thank you, kind sirs.
3: Who's that one for?
1: Al's children. It's a collection of magic tricks.
2: Oh. Well, who's this one for with the pretty pine cones on top?
1: That? It isn't marked? Oh. Oh, never mind. We'll give that to Connie, the cleaning woman. There. That one's done. Peter, it's past your bedtime, dear. It's vacation. No school, remember? Well, aren't you going to work for Miss Craig tomorrow? You're going to wash windows or something, I know.
3: Hey, you got a job, Pete?
1: Yep, sure do. Mrs. Craig,
2: she's paying me 50 cents an hour. (laughs) Wow, you'll be filthy
1: rich. Peter, let me wrap one present first. All right, here I'm wrap this one. It's for the milkman. You mean we got to give him a present? We don't got to, but we'll get much better service if we do. Here, use this gold paper and the brown ribbon on that one. Okay. Do you know that I am bone tired? I have never seen such crowds at the mall.
3: Are you anywhere near finished?
1: I'd better be. There's only two more days to shop.
3: I tell you what, you want me to bounce the tree, I'll get it for Christmas Eve.
1: Oh, will you? That will take one thing off my mind.
3: <laughs> I swear, Evelyn, you sound like you're fighting a battle, a turning point in a war.
1: Well, fighting I... a battle?
2: Oh, boy! How? Christmas! Gotcha! <laughs>
1: well, if that's how I sound, then that must be how I feel. But, you know, <laughs> I used to love Christmas, but it's changed so.
3: Hmm. Well, maybe you've changed.
1: No, um, Christmas has changed. It's noisy and commercial, and it wasn't like that when I was little. I don't like it like that. Well, Mom, what was it like? Everything was different, Peter, everything.
3: Well, I would say one thing. Back in Iowa, the weather must have been different.
1: Yes, that's partly what's wrong, because here in California, we have no winter. It's winter now. You mean because of this rain? That's more like weather back east, and that's
2: spring, dear. What was winter like back then, Mom?
1: In Iowa? Yeah. Snow, day after day for weeks. Hmm. Some days it drifted down a few furling flakes, and then there'd be a snowstorm, and the air would fill with snow. The whole world was white, and still, and cold. Hmm.
2: And what was Christmas like?
1: And it was right there in the center. In the heart of all that cold and stillness, a bright, bright day. Christmas day.
2: Uh, I guess I finished this package, Mom. Oh, 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 thank you, Peter.
3: You did a good job, son.
2: I guess I'll go to bed now. Good night, darling. Good night.
3: Good night, Peter.
2: You know something, Mom? You know what somebody ought to give you for a present?
1: Oh, what, dear? If somebody could bring
2: some snow to California, a great, big, beautiful white snowstorm, then I bet you'd like Christmas again as much as you used to.
0: Christmas Eve, the whole nation is invited to attend the largest carol service ever held. NBC Radio is bringing you its great star, Bing Crosby, in a full hour of the beloved Christmas hymns and songs and airs from olden times to the present. You and your family are cordially invited to gather around your own Christmas tree this week as millions of other people gather around theirs and sing along with this wonderful balladeer from points all over the country and all over the world. Bing will bring you the yuletide songs of special localities and foreign nations. Tonight, Christmas Eve, as America sings with Bing, and as most of these stations, you and your family are cordially invited to join in. And now for the second act of romance.
1: For a long time after Peter went to sleep still and I didn't talk, You know, I was just too tired, I felt lonely and a little unhappy. I was talking about Iowa. That long ago, wonderful time, and remembering my family, Meg, my brothers and me when we were little. I found myself remembering a poem that I had once memorized by heart. It was from Alice Through the Looking Glass. I think I remember it. Without the frost, the blinding snow, the storm winds' moody madness, within the firelight's ruddy glow, and childhood's nest of gladness.
3: Uh, I guess that's how we remember our childhood, but I always suspect my memory. Not me.
1: I can remember every Christmas that happened from the time I could walk until I was years older than Peter is now.
3: Every Christmas?
1: Every single one.
3: Do you remember anyone that was special, maybe better than the rest?
1: Well, of course. Everybody has that one Christmas that's just special you remember your whole life.
3: What made yours so perfect? Did you get a bicycle or your first real watch or something?
1: No, it wasn't anything I got. Huh?
3: Hmm. Then it must have been the snowiest Christmas. Snow on everything, like frosting on a cake, huh?
1: (laughs) No, you know, the funny thing was it didn't even snow then. Wasn't until January that year.
3: Hmm. Well, then what was it?
1: I don't know. I haven't even thought about it before. But somehow that year, I felt Christmas in my bones. I felt like the Christmas carol sound. Joyous.
3: Mm, was it a especially prosperous Christmas? Did your dad make a lot of money that year?
1: <laughs> no. It was after Dad died two or three years after. Prosperous? dad hadn't left anything but debts, and it was 1935, the Depression, you know. My poor mother, how she worried. She made some money sewing and doing alterations. And Stan, he was the oldest. Sometimes he got a day's work helping a carpenter. I was only 12, but I got myself a job, and I started even before Christmas vacation.
4: Mama? Mama, I'm leaving now. Why, Evie, it's nearly dark, and I hate to think of you tramping from house to house in the cold, talking to strangers. They're not strangers, Mama. I know everybody who lives on Jefferson Street. Almost everybody on Weber Avenue. Oh, yes, well, I suppose you do. But, Evie, now promise me you won't force people to buy cards from you. How can I force them? Well, you mustn't try. So many people are having a hard time. And I hate to think of anyone spending money if they can't afford it. Mama, I've only sold three boxes. One to Miss Dory Haskell, and she can afford more than that. And two boxes to the manager of the Liberty Theater. (laughs) Well, I suppose in his case, Christmas cards are really a business expense. I have to sell 20 boxes. Why? For a reason. I don't want to tell you yet. Oh, poor little Evie. I can guess why. It's hard when you're young to see all those pretty things in the stores that you can't buy. I don't care, Mama. Especially this time of year. But I I really don't care. Well, money or or no money, we're going to have a Merry Christmas. Oh, Evie, you and Meg and your brothers, you all know what Christmas
1: really means. You have Christmas in your heart. The Christmas cards I was trying to sell were cheap and ugly, and I knew it. That's what made it so hard. Whenever I tried to talk about them, I got all tug-tied with shame. look at those ugly, gaudy, badly done pictures. But I made my quota. I sold 21 boxes, the last two just before Christmas. Just in time.
3: In time for what?
1: To go down and spend my hard-earned money. It was the first time I'd ever gone downtown by myself.
3: How much did you have?
1: Well, I got thirty-five cents on each box, so it was um, seven dollars and thirty-five cents—a fortune, you know. Mm-hmm.
3: So you went downtown, clutching your money in your tight little fist. Mm-hmm. And then what?
1: I went on the streetcar. That cost five cents. It was nearly five o'clock. And already dark, but all the stores were lighted. There were lots of people still shopping. I walked along the sidewalk, looking into the dazzling windows. I stood in front of the saltwater taffy store and sniffed. Oh, that wonderful smell. I stood outside Woolworths and watched the people. Up the street, I could hear the chimes on the Methodist church. Right in front of the store, I saw that little Salvation Army woman ringing her bell. And now and then, somebody came by that knew me.
0: Well, hello there, Eddie.
1: Hello, Mr. Thompson.
0: You wait to see Santa Claus? Yeah, he's already left, gone back to the North Pole. Tonight is busy night.
4: I'm not waiting for anyone. I'm going to buy a Christmas present. Oh, well, good. Good for you, Eddie. Oh, Merry Christmas. <clears throat> Merry
1: Christmas, Mr. Thompson. Standing there, something started to worry me. I hadn't seen anybody drop any money in that Salvation Army kettle yet. I watched the woman ringing her bell, face pinched with cold and terribly sad. Then she looked over and caught my eye. There was only one thing I could do. I can't give you very much. I only have
4: a, a quarter and a nickel. And you want to put them in the kettle? You have a good Christian heart. I do have some more money. $7, but I have to buy something that costs $6.95, and I have to keep a nickel for the streetcar. Any gift you want to give is welcome. Should I drop the money in the kettle? That's right. It falls right through the wire.
1: Bless you, my dear. Bless you, and Merry Christmas. By then, some of the stores were closing. Doors were being locked and lights dimmed. I was afraid I might be too late, so I started running because getting store was too bluff.
3: Well, what did you want to buy?
1: A present for my mother. Huh?
3: Nothing for yourself?
1: No, for her. Something to make her smile and not look so tired all the time.
3: So while you were selling the cards... You didn't tell anyone? (laughs) No,
1: not even Meg. Whenever I thought of how my mother would look on Christmas, I'd hug myself.
3: (laughs) Well, did you get to the store in time?
1: Just in time. A man had closed one of the big doors, and I'd slipped in right before he closed the other one. Giddings was so beautiful, or at least I thought so at the time. I knew exactly where I was going to go, to the notions department. Months before, I, I had seen the present I was going to buy, and my heart turned over with joy when I saw it still behind that glass.
0: Would you like to buy something, dear?
1: That, on the bottom shelf.
0: Oh, this? Oh, do you know how much it costs?
4: Yes, $6.95.
0: Plus sales tax, $0.07. Yes, Altogether, it's
4: $7.02. I only have $7, but... I'll bring you the two cents the day after Christmas.
0: Oh, well, I suppose I could spare two
4: cents. Thank you, but I'll pay you back.
0: Oh, that's all right. It's a
1: Christmas
4: present.
0: Now, uh, would you like me to wrap this as a gift?
1: Of course, I'd spent every cent, so I couldn't take the streetcar home. It was a two mile walk and a cold night. I don't even remember walking home. I think I floated all the way. Mm.
3: Well, tell me. What was the present?
1: A little doll. I think you call him a Dresden doll. She was tiny and delicate and held her arms out like this. Hmm. A a colonial lady, so her hair was painted white Hmm. so it would look powdered. And she wasn't just a doll. Under her ruffled hoop skirt, she was a pincushion. But I didn't buy her for that.
3: Hmm. Well, did your mother like it? What'd she say?
1: She cried when she opened the package, but I can't remember what she said. She never used that for a pincushion. As long as I can remember that doll sat on her bureau.
3: And that was your best Christmas?
1: The very best. That was the first time I ever wanted to buy somebody a gift.
3: Mom! Mom! What is that, Pete? A present
2: for Mom. Peter, is that where you've been? Sure. One time I'd seen one of these things, so when Mrs. Craig paid me... I went down to look for one. I bet I looked in more than 50 stores. Mom, do me a favor and and open it now. Oh, oh, no, I think I should wait until tomorrow. Oh, this is something you have to have tonight, before Christmas.
3: Go ahead, Evelyn.
2: Oh, all right. Well, it doesn't look too good. It was kind
1: of hard to wrap. Well, it's so heavy, and it's round, and it's made of glass. What's that inside? Look, Bob, shake it up. shake it, look. A snowstorm, Peter. A beautiful, beautiful
2: snowstorm.
1: Oh, Peter, it's lovely. You're crying. It's so pretty,
2: Peter. I I knew you'd
1: be surprised. Yes, And, and I have another surprise. It's for all of us. I was coming tomorrow. Did you sent for her? Of course I did. I had to. When I remembered those other Christmases, and I knew how good this one was going to be. I, I, I just had to bring her. And at that moment, something happened. The room changed. It became simply bursting with Christmas spirit. And I changed. The mustard seed had been there. And now... It started to grow and grow and grow and grow.
0: And now from the entire cast of our series and from all of us here at Romance, we wish you all a very Merry Christmas. And may we invite you to tune in next week for the next series of Romance. This is the NBC Radio Network.